You are listening to the weekly podcast of Impact Worship Center in Mableton, Georgia. We pray you enjoy today's message. Amen. For a very brief, somebody said, yeah, right, Bishop. Uh, <laughs> for a brief, but predetermined moment in time, turn your Bible to Psalm 90. Psalm 90. This is a psalm written by Moses. We're just going to read one verse until you're hearing Psalm 90, verse 17. And this is something that I need for you to prepare your hearts, your minds, and your souls to receive. Hallelujah. Someone say, Hallelujah. Father, we desire more than just perfected presentation. But we need a prophetic outpouring of your spirit. Speak, Lord, and we will hear what the spirit has to say to the church. Psalm 90 and 17 reads, May the favor of the Lord, our God, rest on us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the works of our hands. I, I, I read this by myself, but I wonder if we could read this in concert. It's on the screen. Can we read this together? Read. May the favor of the Lord our God rest on us. Establish the work of our hands for us. On this morning, I'm going to simply speak from this theme and topic, favor to establish the work. Favor to establish the work. Pat yourself on the chest and say, yes, I have God's favor to establish the work he has for my life. If you believe that, put your hands together and give God praise in the house. You may be seated, favor to establish the work. The favor of God is distinct from anything you've ever experienced in your life because it entails the peace of God, the persuasiveness of God, and the supernatural power of God to transform every negative situation in your life into a positive outcome and experience. I want you to hear something and receive this into the power of your spirit. One moment of God's favor will prove to be more productive than a lifetime of labor. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, please understand. One moment of God's favor will prove to be more productive than a lifetime of your personal labor. Tell him this magnitude of blessing, you can't work for it. The favor of God will cancel the generational curse and establish a generational blessing. 
The favor of God will develop you from dysfunction to destiny. The favor of God will replace insecurity with godly confidence. The favor of God will take the fight out of your enemy. The favor of God gives you strength to stand through any storm. The favor of God gives you courage to stand up against any challenge. The favor of God, beloved, is God upon the hearts of men. It is God moving upon the hearts of men to rise up and use their power, their influence, and their resources to help you. Can I say that one more time? You don't have to have all the money. You just need to have favor with someone who has money. You don't have to have the right connection. If you find favor with someone who has the right connection, they would give you a seat at the table. The favor of God is the move of God upon the hearts of men to rise up and use their power, their influence, and their resources to help you. The favor of God is divine authority, the help we need to eliminate satanic spiritual advancement. Is there anybody in this house on today who believes in your heart that you already have victory over your enemy? That's why you ain't got to wait until the battle is over because you already know the end of the story. You didn't get stuck in Genesis. You didn't get stuck in Malachi. You understand the book from Genesis. Genesis to Revelation and you understand in the end you win that's why you're too anointed to get stuck in the middle you're too anointed to throw in the towel just because someone talked about you you're too anointed and too focused and too resolved in your sanctification that you don't care who walks away you are grounded and you are rooted you're going to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord open up your mouth and scream I ain't going nowhere because I have the father's favor I'll wait you out act crazy if you want to I'll leave this party with my blessing and your blessing too is there anybody in this place you're not just a blessing receiver you're also a blessing snatcher I'll leave this joint with mine and yours too I'll make room in the car I'll make room in the trunk you ain't talking to me is there anybody in this place who can say I'm favored by the father the favor of God is the anointing to be effective in life and ministry. You aren't just saved to be an ornament on a tree. You are saved to make a difference. You are saved to make an impact. What impact have you made since you've been saved? Who have you led to Christ since someone has led you? Oh, I'm going to come, I'm going to really come on your front door. When was the last time you brought someone to church with you? Ask your neighbor, how is your witness? Oh, it's quiet, it's quiet. Y'all ain't saying nothing. You still full of turkey and dressing. The favor of God, Elder Lori is the anointing of God, Elder Wayne, to be effective in life and in ministry. Which means 
I get promotions on my job because the oil of favor is on my life. And sometimes the promotions come premature because it has nothing to do with how long I've been on the job. It has to do with the power of grace and oil that's on my life. And folk ain't got to like your oil, but your oil is undeniable. 1 Corinthians 3, 9 through 10 says, For we are laborers together with God. You are God's husbandry. You are God's building. That word husbandry simply means um, um, God is like a farmer. And he sees the soil of your life as something to be cultivated until he makes you into the champion that he would have you be. He is our husbandry. Um, um, he, is, he is building a building that will cause many to be in wonder. According to the grace or the favor of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder. Don't you understand that God has given all of us a measure of grace? Now, all of us don't need the same measure because some of us were bigger hell raisers than others. Some of our angels were glad when we got saved. Because scripture says, I, 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 I was given, given angels charge over you to keep you. And you some of y'all had your angels up in clubs. Strip joints, y'all ain't talking back to me. Had your angels dodging bullets. So your angels like, I'm glad God saved that fool. Some of the stuff they had me in. But God is molding, I see your cam. He's molding and making you so that you can help him mold and make someone else. According to the grace, the favor of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder. Can I tell you something? The favor of God upon your life empowers you to build for his glory. Is there anybody in this house on the day you're building something? Not so that your name can be seen on the marquee, but you're building something to give God glory. For scripture says, if I be lifted up, if Jesus be lifted up, then he will draw all men unto him. Someone scream favor to establish the work. Now, beloved, I want to teach you on this morning. I may not hoop, I may not scream, because I'm still being affected by Thanksgiving dinner too. So just let me rock steady on the day, okay? I want to give you three things that prevent God's favor from flowing in your life. Can I teach you three things that prevent the favor of God from flowing in your life? First thing, whole family, is pride. I've never seen so many prideful people and the pride is unwarranted. Just prideful and arrogant for no reason. You ain't got no degrees. You ain't been out of Cobb County, Fulton, wherever you live. But can't nobody tell you nothing. You know what pride is? Pride is a posture that prevents promotion because you act as though you've already arrived. So you, you, you're so prideful that God looks at you and says, they don't need my help. They've got it. 
But tell someone, stop acting so prideful. The next thing that prevents God's favor from flowing in your life is a big one. Unforgiveness. Unforgiveness, which is a disposition that repels God's goodness. Scripture says, Scripture says, um, um, that if you regard iniquity in your heart, God won't hear you when you pray. So are you praying before God who's not listening because of what you have in your heart? I'm going to tell you how to fix unforgiveness. Just a second. Someone say pride. Someone say unforgiveness. The third thing that prevents us from experiencing God's favor from flowing is robbing God through disobedience. Robbing God through disobedience, which is a decision that will leave you depleted, deprived, dejected, and disconnected. Oh, I'm helping you. You ain't responding. I know it's like castor oil, but take it in. I promise you, it's going to get better in a minute. The three things that prevent the Father's favor from flowing in your life. Someone say pride. Someone say unforgiveness. Someone say robbing God through disobedience. The minor classical prophet Haggai says in Haggai 1 and 9, you expected much, God says, but see, it turned out to be little. What you brought home, God says, I blew on it. I blew on it. I blew it away. Why? Declares the Lord Almighty, because of my house, which remains in ruin, while each of you is busy building your own house. So God says, if you don't take care of his house, he's going to blow on what comes into your house. I didn't say it. Scripture says it. And that's why you wonder how you work all this overtime and you still can't make ends meet. You working two, three, four, and five jobs. And you still ain't getting nowhere. It's because your life is out of order. Your life is not properly prioritized. Scripture says, if you be willing and obedient, then you shall eat the good of the land. So you don't like this kind of preaching because I'm telling you that you got to be accountable and responsible to the word. You want me to say name it and claim it. Call it and haul it. Blab it and grab it. No, but if you do it, God will give it. Yes. That's it. If you live it, God will give it. Yes. Tell somebody, it's getting better. The problem, pride, unforgiveness, disobedience. But thank God there is a remedy. Someone say, a remedy. First of all, do away with pride. Matthew 23 and 12 says, those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. 1 Peter 5 and 6 says, humble yourself therefore under the mighty hand of God, and he will exalt you in due time, casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. James 4 and 10 says, humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. And when God lifts you up, can't nobody bring you down. Is there anybody in this place who understands that when God lifts you up, no one can pull you down? When God blesses you, no one can curse you. When God pulls you in, nobody can put you out. Open up your mouth and say, God is doing this. 
Listen, humility is not a physical posture of the body, but rather a spiritual condition of the heart that allows you to submit to the will of God and resist the will of your flesh. You have a lot of people, how you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm blessed and highly favored. How you doing? Oh, you did such an amazing job preaching. Oh, it's all by the grace of God. Just say thank you. And quit all of the fake humility posturing. Because as soon as someone rubs you the wrong way, <laughs> y'all ain't going to talk back to me. As soon as somebody cuts you off in traffic, uh-oh, as soon as someone don't call your name to give you recognition, I'm trying not to get, it's, it's Thanksgiving weekend, I'm trying not to get in trouble. Look at your name and scream, humble yourself. It's a, wonderful, it's a better thing for you to humble yourself than for God to humble you. See, because usually his humbling comes with some humiliation. Come on, anybody, anybody ever had to be humbled by God? He, he knows how to break you down to your knees. So it's best for you to do it yourself. Matthew 5 and 5 says, blessed are the meek. For they will inherit the earth. And, 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 and meekness is not a weakness. It's only strength under control. Usually, the biggest mouth in the room is the smallest person in the room. I ain't got to swing no big stick when I know who I am. I, 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 I ain't intimidated by you. Tell them, tell them, even if you got to say it in faith, tell them I ain't scared of you. Because I know who I am. Oh, God help me. The second remedy that keeps the favor of God from flowing in your life is forgiveness. Say forgive. Yeah. Oh, this is a big one. Y'all pray for me along through here. Say forgive. Because you got a lot of people who come to church every Sunday, who stream every service, who can quote scripture, but their heart is full of unforgiveness. And see, sisters, I pray for you a little harder than I do for the brothers in this regard because you can hold stuff for years. She took your boyfriend in the seventh grade. <laughs> but you saw her in your Facebook feed and the hair on your neck stood up. And the reason God allowed that person to pop up on your feed and allows you to experience that emotion is to show you that's an area where you need my help. Because if you regard iniquity in your heart, God will not hear you when you pray. And some of us have iniquity in our heart that's been there so long, we've forgotten about it. But God, if it's there, I need for you to uncover it. I need for you to go in and surgically remove it and pull it out because I need for you to hear me when I pray. You got to free your soul from the cancer of unforgiveness.
Unforgiveness is to the soul what the cancer is to the body. A sickness that will destroy your life if it's not detected early and treated thoroughly. Early detection of unforgiveness will save your emotional and your spiritual well-being. Ephesians 4, 26 says, be angry and sin not. Don't let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity for the devil. Matthew 6 and 14, Jesus says, for if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your father forgive you of your trespasses. Is there anybody here who needs to be forgiven by the father? Sins of commission, sins of omission, things that you have done, things that you have failed to do. I got to forgive you because I need for God to forgive me. Bishop, that sounds all well and good, but can you please give me a strategy as to how I can forgive him, as to how I can forgive her? Because every time I share, I want to snatch a hell for him. Can I teach you? God, are y'all learning something today? I'm going to teach you how to forgive. Number one, it may sound strange, but it works. I've tried it, it works. Pray for those who have hurt or offended you. Whoosh. Bishop, I don't want to pray for them. It's not about what you want. It's about what you need to do in order to get what God has for you. you got, it doesn't have to be a long, deep prayer. And really, initially, the only sincerity that you need when you pray this prayer initially is sincerely desire for God to do it. God, help me. I'm teaching better than you responding. God, I need for you to help me to forgive Sister Shay Shay. She did me dirty. But you said in your word, if I regard iniquity in my heart, you won't forgive me when I pray. I need for you to do this, God, because I don't have the power to do it. Maybe she did it unaware. Maybe she did it intentionally. Whatever the situation is, God, I need for you to help and bless her. And I need for you to bless and help me forgive. Pray for the one who has offended or hurt you. Second thing you got to do, this is a big one, do not rehearse the offense over and over and over in your mind. This is a big one because this is where the battle is both fought, won, or lost in your mind. And, and sometimes you got to catch yourself. Is it Bishop only who's ever found yourself walking through your house? Practicing how you would have told them off. Come on, y'all. This is why we don't get anything from church. We're not real with each other. Am I the only one, Elder Brown? I mean, and sometimes I have to catch myself because I start cussing in my mind. See how you judging me? Y'all judging me. I'm moving from this section. I'm coming over here like you ain't never cussed in your mind. The victory is I didn't cuss you out. That's the victory. That's how I know that a great change has come because it didn't leave my mind and come through my mouth. Well, pray for me because I ain't there yet. Pray for me. 
you can't rehearse that thing, Dana, because when you rehearse that thing over and over in your mind, it's going to grow. Because what you feed will flourish. What you meditate on will multiply. Oh, you got to pull that thing down in your mind and say, no, I'm not going to rehearse it. I'm not going to repeat it. The third thing you got to do after praying for them, after refusing to rehearse it in your mind, the third thing you got to do to forgive is create a forgiveness confession. Yeah. Create a forgiveness confession. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I confess with my mouth that I will forgive everyone who has offended me. I do it by the power of the Holy Spirit invested in me. In Jesus' name, amen. And when you pray for that person who's offended you, when you refuse to rehearse it in your mind, and when you speak a faith confession concerning forgiveness, one day you will look for the offense in your heart and you won't be able to find it. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, by faith, you're going to look for the offense and won't be able to find it. Here's the big thing. You've offended someone too. Come on, somebody. You've offended, you, you've talked to someone in a way that was disrespectful. Don't you want to be forgiven? I mean, sometimes I make my wife mad. I say, you can't stay mad. I need for you to forgive me. But in order for her to get over it quick, I can't meditate on it too long. So you want to be forgiven quickly by God. Forgive quickly when someone offends you. Come on, somebody put your hands together and give God praise on that. I'm just teaching. I'm just about done. I'm just about done. Do away with pride. Forgive. And then thirdly, obey God. When it comes to refusing to rob God, stop blocking God's favor from flowing in your life because of your disobedience. It's time for his favor to flow. I'm not talking about these little sporadic seasons of prosperity. I'm talking about God just saturating your life. I mean, you're getting blessed from the north, the south, the east, and the west. You get blessed in the mall. You get blessed in Macy's. You get blessed at Chick-fil-A. You get blessed at McDonald's. You get blessed at Crystal's. Wherever you go, the favor of God is flowing because you are obeying his word. Don't you know that when you obey the word of God, you can't stop being blessed? Do I have any blessed folk in the house? Do I have any folk who are blessed like grown folk. You know, um, ain't nothing worse, ain't nothing worse than, than having your favorite meal prepared and someone fixes you a plate like you a toddler. Do I have any grown men in the house? You know, you know, you got the mac and cheese. You got, you got the, you got the, Lord have mercy. You got the gravy um, that goes on top of the Homemade dressing. I ain't talking about stove top, no. Uh -uh. You, uh, some collard greens that were diced up fine. You don't like collard greens, string beans. 
with potatoes, diced onions. Mm -mm, I don't like bacon in mine. It's my plate. <laughs> and then, and then, Elder Brown, some sweet potato pie. And then, and then, you have somebody make your plate who don't understand you got favor. That's why during this season, I got to rock with people who have the same level of favor that I have because you know how I like to eat and you ain't going to try to starve me when it comes to receiving the blessings of God. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, are you on my same level when it comes to God's favor? That's why you got to refuse to rob God. You got to refuse to, y'all sit down. I ain't trying to preach. I'm not going to sweat today. Y'all sit down. It's time for his favor to flow in your life. You've been saved too long to be still dealing with getting your light bill paid every month. Oh, Lord have mercy. No, no, no. It's time for you now to trust God to buy stuff cash money. And I'm, 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 I'm so mature in my faith doing this season of glory. I don't even pray that God brings prices down. I pray that God brings my money up. <laughs> Y'all ain't going to talk back to me. Y'all ain't going to talk. Do I have anybody in this house who is believing God for the abundantly blessing? Come on, come on. I see. I got one witness in the back. Is there anybody in the house who is tired of experiencing seasons of scarcity, lack, and not enough? God told us at the beginning of the year, more grace, abundance, overflow, resources, and advancement and I believe there are a few of us who have experienced that is there anybody in this place who not only have begun to experience that but you will continue to experience that and you've learned ain't got nothing to do with your job oh y'all ain't gonna talk back to me it has nothing to do with your income it has to do with your outlook Do you, you heard me? It has nothing to do with your income. It has to do with your outlook. And when your outlook is, the earth is the Lord's. And the fullness thereof, here it is, they and the world that dwell therein, which means the fullness of the Lord is connected to me because I belong to God. We are his people. And the sheep of his pasture enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise, being thankful unto him, blessing his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and the truth of who he is endureth always. Which means for you to experience sporadic blessings or seasons of scarcity is not the will of God for your life. Whenever you begin to experience a season of scarcity, check your obedience. Oh, Bishop, I'm teaching good today. Whenever you begin to experience lack, it's because you have lost perspective on biblical principle. 
because it is impossible for you to obey the word of God and you not have the provision of God and has nothing to do with your worldly income it has all to do with your godly outlook how else can you explain you not having worked in a year and you still got money to give towards your I believe campaign there was a sister there was a sister who went who went um, to, to serve last week at our outreach initiative and she put me to the side she said Bishop I gotta tell you something she said these folk holding up my money with this, this claim that I have, and she said it's going to backfire on them because they're going to have to end up giving me double. She said, but the blessing is, Bishop, she said, I made a pledge toward the I Believe campaign, and every time it's time to give on a big Sunday, I always got my money to give. It has nothing to do with your income, but your outlook. And scripture says he gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Are you one who only wants to eat or do you have a conviction to sow? Give! And it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. One translation says, shall it be poured into your lap? Which means, Elder Brown, you ain't going to have to work for it. Oh, can y'all handle this teaching? Can y'all handle this teaching? Tell someone the favor of God has nothing to do with your income. It's about your outlook. Now, I ain't telling you to go and quit your job. That ain't what I'm saying. Pastor told me to quit my, I ain't what I'm telling you. Because even though your job is not your source, your, dog, your job does have the power to produce your seed. Lord have mercy. Someone say favor. To establish the work I'm gonna tell you this are we gonna raise up come on Randy the favor of God is a supernatural force designed to position you for promotion protection provision and peace someone say promotion protection provision and peace hear me you can choose to live by default or you can choose to live by design Did you hear me? You can choose to live by default or you can choose to live by design the way God intended for you to live. See, when you disobey God, you live by default. But when you obey God, you live by design. Tell someone, I choose to live my life by design. The choice to live by the natural or the supernatural is in your hand. Someone scream promotion. Someone scream promotion. I'm about to give you something that will bless your life if you receive it. If you receive it, put your glove on. Hold your hand up as I'm about to receive this principle. Daniel was a Hebrew that was held captive during the years where Israel were being dominated by the Babylonians there was a king by the name of Nebuchadnezzar who saw favor the hand of God upon Daniel's life 
Daniel was preferred, the scripture says, because he had an excellent spirit. You can put your hands down. And we get so upset, uh-oh, we get so upset when someone who is more excellent than us, who has not been there as long, is promoted faster than we were because they, you have a mediocre spirit. Did you hear me? Daniel was preferred and promoted because he was excellent. He had an excellent spirit. And you can't think that tenure is what qualifies you for promotion. Effectiveness is what qualifies you for promotion. Can you get the job done? Daniel 2 and 48 says, Then the king gave Daniel high honors and many great gifts and made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon and chief over all the wise men in Babylon. Why? Because he had an excellent spirit. Let me help you. A respect for order and the humility to show honor to authority will give you favor with the king and lead to your promotion. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. His peace makes all things new. His peace makes all things. Open up your mouth and scream, peace! Tell your neighbor, I have peace about it. Yeah, Let's have somebody, they can see you standing in the midst of trouble. They ask you, how you doing? I got peace about it. Because the Prince of Peace, hallelujah, abounds on the inside. Let Bishop tell you this, and we're going to pray and get you out of here. There are a few patriarchs, Lisa, my dear cousin. There are a few patriarchs that personifies the peace of God upon their lives. First one I thought about was Joseph. And this is what the favor of God did for him. Joseph's life shows us that when the favor of God is upon you, you will rise wherever you are, no matter who tries to hold you down. His brothers threw him in a pit. He then went over to part of his house where there was a woman who was hot about him. She was an old cougar. But Joseph said, you, 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 can't, you can't have my body because when I give you my body, it messes with my anointing. We don't preach like that no more, do we? Went from the pit to Potiphar's house. Then he went to a prison. But he had to go through all those areas, Dr. Hall, to get promoted to the palace. But I believe if he would have not told his dream prematurely to haters, he would have had to go through the pit part of his house in the prison. See, sometimes you got to be careful as to who you tell your dream to. Because sometimes you have to endure more pain when you tell the wrong people about your promise prematurely. All right. Someone said, Joseph. Someone say J-Bass. 
the story of Jabez illustrates that if you ask God for favor he will respond to your request in the affirmative no matter what others have said about you and no matter what others call you ever have somebody call you out your name talk about you on Facebook and Instagram YouTube make videos about you that's how you know what that's how you know you effective you're doing something because folk don't talk about folk who ain't doing nothing if you want people to stop talking about you stop doing what you're doing and lastly oh I love him someone said Nehemiah Nehemiah's story shows us that when the favor of God is upon your life you will be able to accomplish the ministry objective that burns in your heart in spite of haters who try to hinder your progress watch this and distract your doing no one can distract you when you're not doing anything but the enemy tries to distract you as soon as you begin to do the work amen do I have any doers in the house were y'all blessed by this teaching on today We didn't, we didn't hoop, we didn't holler. I don't think I stayed before you too long. It's just 10.55. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to stop talking and I'm going to ask Lady Tanya to come and pray before I, before I mess my minutes up. Lady T, pray your heart. Prepare your heart to come and pray. Grab someone by the hand. I, I've, I've been preaching prophetically. Lady T, the GLOW Conference ushered us into a new realm of expectation where, where we're trusting and believing God and we're going for it. And we're not just talking about going after career goals or after money or superficial things. We're talking about going after God. Because it's impossible for you to go after God's heart and not receive what's in God's hand. Do you hear me? Lady T, if you will come and pray for us on today. Come and pray for us on today. Thank you for joining us. Please like our podcast and leave us a five-star review. God bless and have an amazing week.